Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. I'm Sebastian Maniscalco, Dr. Scott Cohen. How are you? Um, thanks for, for joining us again. Um, went the, Now, I've noticed in Los Angeles, yes. a very small community when it comes to doctors. Everybody knows one another. At yes. least... Very incestuous. Yeah, everybody knows everybody. Everybody talks very highly of everybody. I don't know if that's lying or what that is, but every, oh no, a great doctor, great doctor. So I went to my for my uh, yearly checkup, right? And I was just in your office for our kids' uh, annual checkup. Annual checkup. Finally is, made the appointment. Finally made the appointment. <laughs> but I wanted to ask as I left there, right? Um, do you see kids? annually every year until they're 18 yeah until at least 18 usually when they go off to college a lot of kids don't come back because once you go to college you just stop seeing doctors um and then some come back because they just have no place else to go okay so yeah so i feel like zero to 18 you go to doctor every year mm -hmm. and then there's a dip in going to any doctor <laughs> right we get lazy All right unless well, you mean, get unless your wife tells you to go would you recommend a kid going to the doctor every year after 18? I mean, we really should. I mean, do we? Not often. I mean, even as an adult, I feel like if my wife didn't make appointments for me, I would probably you skip wouldn't, years. You wouldn't even go. No, but just because I, like you said, I'm lazy and I'm, doctors are horrible at taking care of themselves oh. but the right thing to do is right to have an annual exam just to make sure everything is going in the right direction. Okay. So I went, Yeah, had my blood tested. Uh, and I told the doctor, when you call me, mm -hmm. I want to hear <laughs> right from the get-go. Right. If I'm dying, just tell me I'm dying. <laughs> but why Why is it either I'm okay or I'm dying? That's really Is that really what goes through your head? If I'm not dying uh -huh. or a possibility of dying, right. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> That's so it. Two scenarios. <laughs> if I don't hear I'm dying, I know, okay. You're fine. Can handle okay. And I got to tell you, I was uh, pleasantly surprised with the results of my blood test. They came back oh. uh, exceptionally well. Okay. The best I've ever had. Okay. What type of stuff? Like uh, the cholesterol levels, the testosterone, which historically it's been fluctuating, but now it's 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 the highest it's ever been mm -hmm. since was six years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I don't know what. I am attributing that to uh, the doctor says it's um, exercise as well as uh, reduction of alcohol, which I have reduced my alcohol intake significantly got this year. So you're less fun, but your testosterone yeah. is through the um, I got a boner, but I'm no fun. <laughs> uh, so, and I, I wanted, and, and I know this is, you know, it's daddy versus doctor. We primarily talk about kids, but I figured this is in the medical mm -hmm. realm. Yeah, I want to get your take on this. Yeah. He uh, he suggested I go and do this thing called, uh, uh, I think it's cola cola care um, cola guard cola guard. Yeah, that's it. Poop in a box. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you done this? Do you know anything about it? I, I and, yeah. And I can't see me shitting in a bag right. and sending it. So over we, we should call my wife right now. I know about this. I've not done this. I know about this because the box is sitting next to my bed right now. It's been sitting there about two weeks in the corner next to my wife's side because my wife did it last year and now she's doing it again. 
So Cologuard is looking for precursors of, you know, colon cancer. And it's good for, my understanding, it's good for people that are low risk, right? You don't have a strong family history. You've never had any issues or predisposing factors. And it's 90 plus percent effective. I think, I think it was, she said like 5%, you're missing out on 5%. So if you have low risk, that's not a lot. Um, I think the colonoscopy is the gold standard. I had a virtual colonoscopy, which is they do a CT scan instead. You get, you get the, you have to do the prep, you get the probe, wonderful, but it doesn't go all the way in. You don't need anesthesia and they do a CT scan. Um, and that's also because I'm low risk as well. Okay, but so I'd I like to that. see you poop in a box. I did. Yeah, the, I did you did that. So why? Okay. Uh, in uh, 2000, I believe it was 19. Yep. Okay. Now, virtual, is that less effective than whatever al- alternative? I don't know what even, what, what else is. But the, well, the colonoscopy, the full colonoscopy. Yeah. So virtual is a, a version of that? <sighs> no, it's just that a, a full colonoscopy, you can basically... It can you can see something and you can test it, right? So if you go up and you see a polyp, for example, you can right then biopsy the polyp and and check it out. Mm-hmm. With a CT scan, obviously you can visualize things. If there is something wrong or something they're concerned about, you'd have to then go for the colonoscopy to then get it biopsy. Okay. So you'd have to do another step. But again, if you're low risk, then the chances are you don't need anything. And the nice thing about the virtual colonoscopy is that because it's a full CT scan, you're not just, you're getting 3D renderings of not just the intestines, both sides, but everything from your diaphragm down. So liver, spleen, it's really nice. Okay. Yeah. So he's recommending I do this uh, sample. Okay. Instead of the virtual and instead of the colonoscopy? Instead of all those. Because you're low risk. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, comedically on this uh-huh. and i could see me doing this uh-huh. when i do go and in, in the bag mm-hmm. i would feel like i would have to have the right <laughs> atmosphere no no i feel like it's my like sperm samples would have to look like oh yeah i'm sending that. like man right yeah like, like yes uh, that like, you want to show them like, i'm a man yeah i want to like i want an s yeah in the bag i don't want like uh like mush or you right. know, string beans I, 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 I don't you feel like no you would need a solid not at all i don't it's the poop who's looking at your poop who's I analyzing am, this I, I am i didn't want to send anything that was like when they got it, they were like, oh, what does this guy got? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want them to open it up and go, look, Tony. <laughs> they bring over the next guy. Look at this guy. I thought when you started the statement with comedically speaking, yes, I thought you were going to say, like, you are going to do it, but you're going to put in, like, the lo- like your friend's dog's poop in there. No. Just to no. get the report to be like, we've never seen anything like no. this. It doesn't look human. We have a litter box. I can bring some stuff over for you. I I feel like yeah. if I'm going to do this, yes. I have to prep w- with my diet yeah. for two weeks in order for it to look halfway decent. Yeah. I think... And who's who's getting this, who's getting this on the other end? Well, right. Who's getting this? No, I mean, the guy... I mean, it, 
We should look applying for the job <laughs> to open boxes of poop. Well, I thought you would and know spread I, in I the know. medical field, like who's in charge of getting the bag. And if the guy who's getting in the bag is processing. He no, I think it's there's probably processors. The processing. But but this is what I think you should do. We should I and I have to we'd have to look up the date for colon cancer awareness day. I'm sure you know, there's a date. And I think you should live stream oh, wow. pooping in the box. Well, did you help your wife do this or is there a, a mechanism that why, attached to the toilet this is what i'm thinking why lana, i help her lana do said do i gotta hold the bag while i like oh hover over it this is like I'll, you're making it seem like it's a sperm sample well a sperm sample i would i would do myself oh see i feel like that could be you you could use some help for that well yeah i mean i could use help for that but what i'm saying <laughs> is like you know what am i gonna do pull out and go, where's the cup i feel like uh I don't, since you have the box, right? do you know the process? Of I, I don't. The box has not been opened. I did not delve into my wife's pooping okay. in the box, but I will now be more, okay. yes, part of the whole situation. I'd like to be part of yours. You guys should maybe do it together. You could sit, with, you could have a divider. How's yours going? How's <laughs> yours going? Yeah. And I don't think what's your time? <laughs> what's your time? I really think we should live stream this. Yeah, I don't think so. like to comment below on dr cohen's uh hair that's um, bad i i do i just realized in the thing it, it looks like like it's all fallen the one side i need a haircut well i don't think so i think this could be you know because doctors sir like you you it's bad. doctors have like an image sometimes they yeah. have to like they, i feel like they can't be too cool too stylish just because it takes away from the credentials I of, hope not i used to be like the well-dressed no no you are it's okay you're, you know you're like like when we first met and you came to the hospital right. you had cologne well, on, yeah. which i thought yeah. like wow I, i've never seen a doctor cologne up before Do you like you like this one yeah like this one it's very subtle um very subtle tom ford oh tom, yeah tom it's ford. nice it's, it's yeah. nice that's not too overpowering no. by the way doctor wears cologne i uh <laughs> I've never seen that. Actually, and I'm not going to say my doctor's name, but you know my general practitioner, yes. right? Th this guy mm. is stunning. Mm. I don't know. This guy's got hair like in his, like in his eyeballs, and like every once in a while, he's got to like flip it to the side and look at my testosterone results. <laughs> this guy's beautiful. So, so has he ever? He, has he ever asked you out? No, uh, no, no. But to say like, him and his wife, if they ever ask us to go out to dinner, I just, just, just to see you, how this guy you behaves. Just do it outside the doctor's. <laughs> oh man, I had a uh, yeah. All right, I mean, what you got in gen in general? I mean, in general, in in the medical field, right? Because right? I feel like this, like in the comedy field, you don't see a lot of like overly attractive comedians because the fact that they weren't attractive or maybe a loner or what have you they had to like they have time to work on themselves because right. they were they were too busy making people laugh right, right. so you know the, the doctors right we're so studying and in study, the dark so <laughs> you don't need to have good looks yeah, at no, all i'm just saying that's fine i'm saying that there's not any good looking people in the medical right. field I'm just saying the amount of time it takes to be a doctor, you don't really have time to get a haircut. Nah, I mean, exactly.
All right, so we do pop a quiz where we don't know these questions ahead of time. This is not, uh, you know, filtered. I want to ask you off the top. What do you got? We, we covered this the other day. But um, at what age uh-huh. does a child start losing their teeth? Losing? So around six to seven years of age. So you okay. start getting them around six months. They come in a certain order. So the typical order, you know, because I sleep with an orthodontist who happens to be my wife too. So lower two centrals, upper two centrals, laterals, laterals. So the front eight in some order skips the first molars lower than upper, then the four canines. So then you get 16 teeth by two years of age. Then your two-year molars, which are your second molars, come between two and two and a half. You're done. That's your 20 teeth as a as a child. And then you start losing them in roughly the same order around six or seven years of age, around seven years of age. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we asked you, how many teeth do you have? Do you remember the answer? I think it was, this is- You had it right, was, even was without it, the wisdom teeth. Was it 28? Was it 28? Wow, with the wisdom teeth, 32. Wow, see? 32. We did it last week. 32. Last week, so, I got it right. Last week, I got it wrong. But I don't know that I would know possible. anything about teeth if I didn't- Jesus. Hear it in my sleep. Um, <laughs> what do you okay. got? A child has a barking cough. Mm-hmm. I don't know this Strider. Strider. You know the question. (laughs) Wow. Strider and horse voice. What is the diagnosis? Croup. Okay. Yeah. So for those parents that don't know what this is, and I've gone through this. You've gone through it. Yeah. So your your kid in the middle of the night is basically barking. It's like a hi. Hi. Right? Yeah. You think you you got a dog in the crib. Yeah. So of course I go to ambulance hospital yeah, it is this one of the scariest things a parent go through okay Be- yeah tell is me. a mm-hmm. is croup mm-hmm. as scary as it sounds or is it just a different tone of cough no it's as scary as it sounds but in reality the child is going to be okay Okay. Nothing bad happens in general with croup. In my 20 years, nothing bad has come out of a child with croup. There have been kids who've been rushed to the emergency room who have to be seen in the emergency room and treated, but the kid ends up okay. So croup is the name of basically, there are multiple viruses that can cause croup, parainfluenza, influenza, RSV are common ones. And what happens is it's most common between like six months and six years of age because your upper airway is smaller. So you have a smaller airway and the virus causes inflammation, in the airway making it smaller. And on the x-ray, you see what's called a steeple sign. So basically it looks narrow. And you, when you cough, you sound like you're barking and then you have something called strider strider is the inhalation the so you literally look you can't breathe and what happens is the kid's been fine all day Mm -hmm. and it's two in the morning they're waking up barking and like they like they're choking on something so as a parent you're right you're like oh my god they can't breathe so the best treatment for that is to stay calm. You go into a steamed up shower for a couple of minutes just to loosen up secretions. And then you actually go outside in the cold air. You hope it's nighttime, cold night air. Actually, the cold air opens up the upper airway. And 
when kids are rushed to the emergency room, a lot of times by the time they've gotten there, they're better because you've actually been outside. And we tell parents if they go outside and the kid's still having distress and struggling, and if they're crying and worked up, it only makes it worse because they can't catch their breath. Yeah. You get in the car and you actually drive with your all your windows down and blow that cold air. And if you get to the emergency room and they're better, they've fallen asleep, they're better, just turn around and go back. If you get there or you come in my office and you've had the history of that Strider, we do a dose of steroids called Decadron. It's one dose of steroids, fixes the issue. It basically decreased the inflammation. So that Strider, that trouble breathing is better that night. The barky cough improves and then it turns into your typical wet cold cough after that. We tell them to run like a, a cool air vaporizer every night until it goes away. Croup also causes super high fevers. Those viruses for like three to five days of like, could be 103 to 105 fevers. We've talked about the height of the fever is never meaningful. 101 or 105, same thing. You treat it. What's more important, does it trend down and how the child looks when they're not having fever is more important. So. Yeah, I think that was great information for new parents that might not have witnessed this yet because if you don't know about it and you're going through it, you think your kid's dying. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is one, I, I think that and actually febrile seizures are the two things you can hear about, talk about, a doctor can tell you to stay calm and as a parent when you see it, you just, you freak out rightfully yeah. so. It's so scary. What's the longest running sitcom of all time? Oh, wow. Uh, sitcom of all time. Wow. I, I need a hint on this. Is Has it been recent or was this in the it's 70s? Still, it's still going now. And oh, it, is it Simpsons? Yeah, Simpsons. Wow. Simpsons. It's crazy, uh, right? It was that a sitcom? Mm. <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Tom and Jerry, you know? Uh, okay. Uh, a newborn presents hi, uh, hypotonia. <laughs> Hypotonic. <laughs> with or with hypotonia. So like, hypotonia. Uh, Floppy, floppy body. I like. I, I just like you reading these. Well, I mean, first of all, it's it's. Uh, I, a newborn has a harmonica, hypotonia, whatever. <laughs> Poor feeding uh -huh. and a low cry. This rare genetic disorder is known as what? I mean, there's a lot. I mean. There's actually it can be a bunch of things that it could be. What what is what is hypotonia? Hypotonia is just like low tone, like floppy baby. Poor what's what's poor poor like, feeding? Like they don't eat poor feeding. They're not eating well because they have low tone and uh, low cry. A low cry is like you know babies are loud when they're crying. They're like uh, you know things like that. Okay, have you heard of? Can you give a guess? What disorder is this? I mean, there's there's a bunch of genetic disorders. Yeah. Does it give a chromosome number? Is that what it's asking for? <laughs> chromosome number. You look, you got the answer. <laughs> Chromosomes. Jesus Christ. No, because there's chromosome abnormalities that will give you. Yeah, we don't got. That. We'll give you that. <laughs> like what 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 comes to mind? Like the first thing. I mean, there's a lot. Just like give me give me the first thing that's kind of like resonating and top of your head there. I'm just trying to give me give me a give me a hint here. It's 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 a hyphenated word. It's like the the syndrome. Oh, is it Creta Shaw? No, but no. 
I'd love to know what that is. <laughs> no, that's what Creed I was wondering if there's a number. Oh, oh wow. Creed shot sounds like a no, yoga move. No, that doesn't... Uh, I don't know what you got. Prater Willie syndrome. Oh, okay. Never, yeah. uh, never heard of it. Yeah, though. no Prater Willie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> did we? Yeah. Did, it's, it's, have you? Yeah. Have you heard of it? Yes. Prater oh, Willie. Okay. Yeah. But the, the, the way so you're these, saying is the way I would say it if I didn't. No, know it. no, no. No, that's that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No Prater okay. Willie. So these kids are all those things. It's a genetic disorder. It's actually the opposite of uh, Angelman syndrome. Angelman syndrome is a genetic syndrome. They sometimes call it the happy puppet where the kids are very happy. They sometimes have seizures. They have developmental delay. It comes from the maternal side of the chromosome. Prader Willie comes from the paternal side. These kids are usually actually early on very heavy set. They they have low tone, small penises. Oh, wow. Um, Could be me. Yeah. <laughs> We cry. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So you just went on a rant yeah. right? of two disorders. Yeah. And you gave examples and, and specific. Yeah. But I should have, I should have just said, pro, yeah, Prada Willie. Right but, but my bat. question That's, is, it yeah. still stands. Is this knowledge that you're accessing from your days <laughs> in school, <laughs> or did you have a patient with Prater Willie five uh, years ago? And you're like, okay, right. no, I mean Prater Willie, you talk about and learn, and we had patients in the hospital with that at Children's. Yeah, but this is twenty years and, ago. Yeah, um, I think I, most pediatricians, if you ask them what those things are, they would they would be able to tell you that this is not anything. We we should crazy. do. And, we should bring in another pediatrician. Pediatric Jeopardy. Yeah. We should do Pediatric Jeopardy. I always wanted. I'd love to be on Medical Jeopardy. It'd be fun. <laughs> do you? You would kill, bro. Uh, like that. Do you have anything else over there? What are you, what are you uh, do you know what the name of the tra the train system is in Chicago? You live there. The uh, the L. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> I didn't even know. Wow, I got nervous there. <laughs> I like that all your questions are Chicago or wine. What genetic disorder is also known as trisomy 21? Down syndrome. Wow. Yeah. Because there's three. Is it trisomy? Trisomy. Trisomy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's okay. Trisomy, trisomy, trisomy. No, trisomy. trisomy. No. Yeah, trisomy. It is. It is. It's just, it's just <laughs> trisomy 21. Yeah. It's just how you pronounce it. Tomato, tomato. All right. What is the most common uh, pediatric trisomy. bone tumor? Uh, is it, I mean, malignant, it's probably osteosarcoma. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, because there's probably benign ones that are, anyways, yeah. Okay, but this is the example for you out there that don't have a higher education, that skated through high school, all right? Even your guesses, which you do, is you do like deductive reasoning. So you, you'll go, okay, can't be this, can't be that. So then you're limiting the choices. For those of us on the other side, what, what I do is go, oh, fuck. <laughs> D? You know, like. <laughs> no, I know. But if you gave me something that you know, that you grew up knowing, I would have no, no clue. Like if you said what train system is Chicago and you gave me four letters, I would have no idea. Yeah, you wouldn't. But what I'm saying is I don't do like it can't be the metra. It can't be this. I I just rely on I don't know it. 
Therefore, I got to guess, you go through a process of elimination, uh-huh. therefore honing down on what it could possibly be, two or two or three different examples. And that's kind of how you're supposed to take tests. Yeah. You're supposed to know shit. <laughs> if you know it, it's easier. <laughs> Since I uh, since I walked into your house today and your your alarm oh, yeah. your fire alarm okay. was going off. Okay, I walked in. Yeah, there's a four foot flame on your stove. You mm-hmm. were making burgers mm-hmm. that you obviously like. Well done. How often should you check your smoke detector batteries? Okay, we just went through this. Oh, you did. We just, we oh. just, uh, I can't believe this is a question. That's a question. That's that exactly the question. That's why I brought up that whole story. Come on, not just. <laughs> How often should you show? Wow, we just did this. Okay, Who, let's get who's into- we? Lana and oh, myself were sleeping the other night. Okay. And we heard a <laughs> doot, doot, doot. And of course, I'm up right away. I'm thinking it's either alarm or it's uh, carbon monoxide mm-hmm. or a fire. So can't find it. Can't do it. Doesn't do it again. Okay. Go back to sleep. Hear it again, but in a different location. I'm like, all right, something, something's up. It's three o'clock in the morning that this is happening. I can't go back to sleep because a, it's hard for me to go back to sleep, and b, I'm thinking there is a fire in the house, smoldering in the attic, and if I go back to bed, right. it already gave me the warning. Like the alarm said, something's up. All right. And I'm thinking if I go back to bed, and I'm gonna wake up. Okay. to the house in flames but lana went right back to bed no no yeah. question yeah. just to peek up what yeah yeah go back to bed so <laughs> the average battery in a fire alarm uh-huh. lasts 10 years okay so every 10 years you should change out the battery okay of your, of your fire alarm um now I had a huge incident with the fire alarm and the carbon monoxide at two o'clock in the morning, about three or four years ago. It was giving me two beeps, and I don't know why the 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 fire people, the alarm people, just don't have it say fire, fire, <laughs> fire, or monoxide, right? Monoxide, so you or know, low battery, right? Low ba- you have to distinguish. Uh, was that a was that two beeps? Because two beeps <laughs> is a fire, three beeps is monoxide. One is you got to change the battery anyway. And why are the fire alarms always where you need a twenty foot ladder yeah. to change the battery? I, I just had this going when you came in. I don't, the fire I don't alarm own, was on in our room because we have the ceilings like this where the fire alarm is, and it always goes off at three in the morning. That's another thing. Why it only goes yeah. off at three in the morning, and I try to ignore it, and then you just can't. I do not have a ladder that reaches that. Yeah. So here's my question. I'm cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. I got fire alarms in the kitchen. Yeah. The fire alarm was going off in the furthest bedroom from the kitchen. <laughs> but not in the so kitchen. So you're telling me the smoke went past eight fire alarms, <laughs> and then the ninth one, it went off. There's got to be a better system to this whole thing. No, I I, I agree. But uh, at least make it so I can reach it and change a battery. Well, here, here's, another, here's another question. When a fire alarm is going off in your house, what do you do to shut it off? Do you make- know? No, I thought I always tried to get up there and I had to pull the battery yeah, out. I pull the batteries I out. I pull the battery out. And then it goes a couple weeks that I don't have a fire alarm yeah. because I can't reach to change it. Yeah. So <laughs> so I don't know what when you're in a hotel and the fire alarm, have you ever left the room? When in a hotel when the fire alarm goes off, you you feel it's always fake, right? You sleep right there. Office right. building, yeah. hotel, whatever it yeah, is. Right. 
alarm could be going off. Yeah. No one goes in the hallway. God forbid there's a rail fire. Yeah. I, you never move. I don't know why people don't run out. Is it because they've been through so many false alarms? Right. I think that's what it is. That we're just waiting for the, the intercom to come on in the hotel going, false alarm. Right. Please go back to bed. In the meantime, the the the, the flame could be coming up the elevator shaft and uh, we're all going to die. What's up? Um, all right. There's one more. All right. Because I just I get a kick out of just the first I get a kick out of you explaining it and then also get a kick of how fast it comes into your brain. What is the medical term for lazy eye? Strabismus. Oh, wow. It's not what we have here. Uh, so, I mean, where they, they have. I mean, oh, oh, wow. Let me think. Hold on. I mean, strabismus is. What would you have? <coughs> Amblyopia? That's it. No. I just think. <laughs> okay. All right. Even you have to be amazed at you. No. Oh. I mean, don't you go Amblyopia and go, wow, I don't know. <laughs> I don't education. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to tell you this. I gave a urine sample yeah. yesterday, uh, two days ago when yeah. I went on Monday. And I, and I think I was talking about this too uh, to, to Pete. Um, and now that I got you here, have you ever taken a kid's urine sample uh -huh. and just on the collar alone mm -hmm. went, cheese? like just by looking at the color? Yeah. Aside from it having blood in it, have you ever looked at it and it's like muddy brown and go, oh, man, this guy's got diabetes or, no, or whatever? No, no, but no, but tea colored urine can be a sign of kidney issues, um, which also could also have blood in it, too. So that's usually, but different colors of yellow don't bother me. And then there'll be some that are like really hazy that you think, wow, there's got to be something going on. And then there's nothing going on. Okay. So d getting back to self-analysis as a doctor, right. do you analyze uh, your urine in the, in the toilet bowl and go, no. oh, okay, that looks different than it no. did yesterday. It's uh no. <laughs> I I, I, mean, I don't I, know. I just assume everything's okay I don't with assume, myself. Well, I, for people who don't assume, I'm right. analyzing. I know. You like the foam. You're checking foam yeah, consistency. Foam, I mean, like, I'm, like why has it got a head on it? Yeah. that's. I don't know. If like, is it a Guinness or is it a, a Coors Light? I know with you. Yeah. I mean, I, fi I find it concerning. And uh, I'm just, and I feel like this, and I, I know a lot of listeners and viewers feel this way. I feel like when you get a clean bill of health. Yeah. It feels good. The next day. Yeah. It's like, let's go and party. You know, let's, f let's fuck it up. Let's just get drunk, get, get blasted because everything's, is, is. Okay. Let me ask you this. Since you've had kids. Do you analyze their issues or your issues more? Has it moved from worrying about yourself to now everything they have? You're like, oh my god, what is that red spot? Yeah, so it's double the worry now. Oh, it's double. No, it no. hasn't moved away from you. No, it's, no, just no. it's still double, me, it's me. doubled I'm, up. So I'm, you're worried about your poop and pee and their poop and pee. Yeah, not necessarily looking at theirs as much because you know maybe I'm not there uh, mm -hmm. some of the time, but always concerned. You know, Seraphine has this residual cough. Mm -hmm. You know, like yesterday, I'm like, all right, what is, you know, is that just, I mean, I just never heard of a cough la lasting. And we mm -hmm. talked about this last week, yeah. three, four weeks, what have you. And I wanted to ask you this. Do kids tend to like overpronounce the cough? It's almost like they're, they're 
Like she's like, <laughs> yeah. Instead of just, a, you know. I mean, a lot of kids have a very strong gag, so it accentuates it. And they also go into like a lot of spasms where they'll cough, 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 and it's hard for them to catch their breath. So then there'll be a little gasp related to that. But that's a good, you know, we, we get this question a lot. It just happened yesterday about, we've talked about the season, winter season, and these cough and colds lasting a really long time. And then parents are always asking like, when do I come in? The kids had a cough for four weeks? Should I have come in after a week? Should I come in after three weeks? Um, and we've talked about this before. And and how I was describing to a family is, you know, typically when symptoms start, things start together, right? You get cough, cold, fever, runny nose all together. The fever, and because most of these things are viral, fevers last about three to five days and then fever drops off, which is actually the first time things are getting better, but then the cough congestion linger can linger two, three, four weeks easy. When you've had cough and congestion for weeks, then you get new fever. You have to think to yourself, what new thing happened, right? It could be another virus, but did it turn into a secondary infection like an ear infection or a pneumonia? That definitely is when a child should come in. Or the cough's been there for weeks and weeks and nobody's taken a listen because it could be a virus, but there are things you can't hear. Like for Serafina, for example, we know she has a history of asthma. So Chronic cough could be a sign that she's having bronchospasm or wheezing in her lungs and that she needs an inhaler, which is the case with her, that sometimes with her cough, she does need an inhaler. Um, and it's not just a cough from viruses. So we have to distinguish that. We have to at least listen to them once to know that. Okay. Yeah. Now, speaking of Serafina, we came, we came in for the annual checkup. Mm -hmm. You did the, um, and by the way, if you haven't been into doctors, uh, Dr. Cohen's office. Scott, yeah, that's my name. Uh, yeah, I yeah. slipped my mind who I was talking to. <laughs> uh, and, and and we told you in the office the way you handle the kids, and I don't I don't know of any other pediatrician that does this, just because I'm not around to yeah. see it. But the way he handles the kids is, uh, I mean, I, I and and I wanted to ask you about this. Is this something like a? comedic act mm -hmm. that is developed over time mm -hmm. or were you right out of the gate yeah. doing these games and like uh like you did something with uh, caruso it's it's slipping my mind what the hell you did but i was like oh wow that's clever like oh the stranger the stranger danger stuff uh -huh. And you made it very conversational and it wasn't like an exam was even happening. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, we're talking. Hey, what's going on? Hey, and when you see a stranger, what do you do? So my question, I guess, is. Is it just over a course of years and years and years seeing what works and what doesn't? Or did you have a set a set? Yeah. coming out of coming out <laughs> yeah. of school go, oh, this you know, there, there was there is definitely a set coming out of school but that definitely gets refined over years and it's funny because i was just with the family the other day and i was doing the you know now i have kids come in and ask me about looking for birdies in their ears right and i was doing something and dad's like and they have two kids and this is a younger and he's like up oh, set hasn't changed in like four years you know there's only so much you can do at each age but what you learn is and you know this as a parent that in every age and stage of development kids are doing very similar things so all four-year-olds are very similar and all five-year-olds so the questions we ask them are very similar so there is it's almost like i have a set for a four-year-old i have a set for an eight-year-old i have a set for a one-year-old that follows along with their development because you see i like 
starting around three, most of my visit is with the child. I sit them down on the exam table. I'm talking to them. I'm examining them. And then, you know, I talk to the parents. I talk to you guys after you saw when Seraphine and Caruso are in the room, all my attention's on them because I also want them to join the experience. As soon as you're talking to parents for 30 minutes, the kids are like, they're bored and they're out of it. So I really want to focus on them. I actually can tell much more about their development and their you know, health by talking to them than talking to you. And then I can, you guys can fill in the gaps about what's missing, but it is, it's, it's developed over time, but it also, I mean, selfishly, it makes it fun for me, right? If I walked in and it was just like all the same, asking you 10 questions, listening to them, that's no fun. The kids make it fun. Yeah. So I was, I was amazed that, uh, your, ability to really relate to young kids and keep the attention for i mean we were at least in there for an hour um now now by the way and let me just reenact what happened in the office i watch his (laughs) non-verbals yeah when he's examining watch everybody's not yeah i'm I'm just i'm looking i'm honing i'm not even looking at my daughter i'm looking at you yeah and then you're doing this and you're looking in the ear there was a hearing test you were doing right Mm mm-hmm and I felt like something was off just because of the the movement. But there's a movement you do that would scare the shit out of any parent. <laughs> when you when you're listening for the breathing in the back, you get in this crouched <laughs> position, right? And you don't talk because you you have to hear, right? Yeah. And from an outsider's point of view, it looks like the heart ain't beating or there's no air going in the lungs how intently you're listening yeah. to the uh, was it stethoscope stethoscope okay yeah. so there was an issue small issue and i wanted to ask you uh about this there was liquid or fluid or water uh-huh. in seraphina's ear, yeah, fluid in her ear. Uh-huh. because she's had uh successive ear infections mm-hmm. over the last three to four yeah. months i think she's had three now my question to you is yeah when you say fluid in the ear mm-hmm. to the every dumb dad right out there i'm thinking okay you go in the pool yeah right? there's mm-hmm. water goes in your ear and yeah. then all of a sudden that that somehow comes out why is there fluid stuck in her ear uh and do we have to be cautious of a pool, bath, or shower? Yeah, so two totally different things. But it's funny about that exam because somebody just, I get asked that a lot. I got to change my facial expression when I listen to hearts <laughs> if, if, some, if something's wrong. And I think it's because I, I am a little over the top and jokey with most of the exam because I can multitask. I can look in their mouth and look at their ears and feel their belly and make comments and make jokes and talk with the kids. But like heart and lungs, I mean, you, you just you got to make sure everything's fine. I want to be very intent about doing that. And also Serafina has a history again of asthma and wheezing. So I want to make sure her cough, there's no little sign of asthma or pneumonia or something like that. When we talk about fluid in the ears, it's fluid behind the tympanic membrane. So the window of the ear, and, and we can show a picture of this. So you have your outer ear, you have your outer ear canal. So like if you suck a Q-tip in, you're going through the outer ear canal and then it would stop at what looks like a circular window called a tympanic membrane. On the other side of the tympanic membrane are those three bony ossicles that you asked me about, the three smallest bones in the body that vibrate and attach 
to nerve endings that go to the brain. Okay. So when we're talking about fluid, it's not on the outer ear external side where fluid, when no. you're in the shower water, it's on the inside. So whenever you get a cold or an air infection, because your nose and your ears are connected, there's always a little fluid behind the eardrum. And so what it causes you to have is usually a mild conductive hearing loss, which means that it's like having, if, if you had cotton balls in your ears, you'd have a conductive hearing loss. The the sound isn't fully getting to where it needs to get. Two types of hearing loss, neurologic, which is something that usually can't be fixed. You know, you need hearing aids for that. And then uh, conductive hearing loss is usually fluid in the ears because you have colds or fluid from recurrent ear infections. That's why kids get tubes. So when you have recurrent ear infections and the fluid doesn't drain because the body usually drains the fluid after any illness, could take up to a couple months. As long as the body resorbs it, hearing's perfect, doesn't cause an issue. But when hearing, when the fluid sits there, that static fluid is a setup for a secondary bacterial infection. So every time they get a cold, they're going to get another ear infection and it affects their hearing all the time. So they put basically little tubes. They look like little plastic donuts through the eardrum, like little dumbbells on either side. And then the fluid drains out and so that they can hear and they don't get recurrent ear infections. Okay. Yeah. So, so she had a little in one ear. She still had a little fluid because she had a recent ear infection and she's had a recent cold. She didn't pass her hearing on that one ear. Um, and so. As I'll keep rechecking it when I see the fluid go away, and it wasn't a lot, we'll recheck the hearing to make sure it's all fine. Um, and we'll give her a chance to be healthy over the next three to four months of summer, hoping that she doesn't get recurrent ear infections and we don't have to go for tubes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting just to be in there. And then lastly, and I'll leave this alone, um, as a parent, when you're asking kids questions mm -hmm. and you're asking them to draw or you're yeah. asking them. Yeah, I'm judging you. <laughs> really, solely has nothing to do with the kid. It's solely based on, be like, what are these parents doing with this kid? Well, Anyways, go on, sorry. It's, it's difficult, and I'm sure you see this, for the parent to yeah. stay silent uh -huh. and let the kid answer the questions. Yeah. Because when you were doing the stranger danger with Serafina, uh -huh. I actually did that in the car with her right. two weeks ago. So I knew we have discussed it, she knew it, right. but when she wasn't getting it, I felt like I had to go, yeah. come on, we done the car. Yeah. I just, I but that's better than most, because there'll be <laughs> there'll be parents who, I see the child, like I'll point to the wall and be like, what color is it? I'll be like, blue. And I'm like, I know you know, I know you know, let's let the four-year-old guess the color here. <laughs>a toothbrush okay it's a manual toothbrush it says smart manual toothbrush okay um well you live with an orthodontist i do we're we're What's, into toothbrushes okay what is the take on traditional toothbrushes and these ones that move by themselves battery operated app What's yeah. The, what's, what's the take? Out no, I think anything out? that gets your child to brush their teeth and enjoy it. The hard part is getting them to brush their teeth for the right amount of time, which is, you know, you're supposed to try to get two minutes in there. Two minutes? Try to. I mean, how long have you ever brushed for two minutes? I can't either. My wife uses an electric. My girls use electrics. And I have an electric and I constantly just use the regular one. Okay. Uh, is, is this a is This, a whole this is cute, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's look at the is it, if I can't figure it out from, or is this a, is this an iPhone holder? No, but just put it down. No, like that. Oh, oh fuck. 
It's uh, it's dummy time. It's not tool time. This is dummy time. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Now I really got to figure We got to Okay, so out. it comes with an app. It goes upside down like that. Okay. I'm going to press play. Okay. Open the app every day to collect your daily rewards. Brush every day to keep your streak going. Oh, that's Let's a good go. idea. Okay, so. How do you turn it on? Oh, okay. Look at what are you doing? So it says reward uh, day plus. There no, no, no. I just. Oh, oh, oh! You're, you're just. It just doesn't operate it, right? This is this is just like a little. It keeps track, so you get like rewards. Oh. Games. That's a really cute idea. Crazy jungle. Okay, so here, here, here's Ooh. here's my problem with this. Why? All these apps, all all these electronics, mm-hmm. whatnot. You're trying to keep your kids off the phone, right? Right. You say no screen time. Yet, just to brush your teeth, you got to bring the phone <laughs> in the bathroom. Right. So, I'm not into anything that requires the phone at a young age. I think we've done pretty well with screen time mm-hmm. and and really limiting it to just Serafina gets her hair done in the morning and she watches like uh, and and she ain't watching. Just anything. She's watching. Uh, she wants to be a veterinarian. She's watching animals. Right. She, wants to, she loves singing. She watches like American Idol. So I don't think the programming is detrimental to the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this, and the and and the kids brushing their teeth, and I th- think I talked about this on air, off air. I'm not so concerned about the teeth right now. <laughs> Because they're gonna lose them anyway. Because they're not even the the set they're gonna have. <laughs> so if they miss a few nights, like right. Lana's like, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, and I'm like, I even go, did you brush your teeth? And she goes, no. I'm like, get the softy. Yeah. Now look, routine and repetition is always good. I agree. If we miss some days, is it the end of the world? Probably not. It's an interesting thought, like limiting screen time as long as possible. If you can find other ways, creative ways to get your child to brush your teeth, right? People sing songs. They play games. You could do a reward system even without a video. You know, um, I agree. Uh, you could limit it, I, but I don't have a problem with it. I think it's really cute um, overall. I, I I have a a suggestion. Tell me if you want to use the phone. Yeah, no app needed. Okay, you just go. Okay, we're gonna brush our teeth for as long as this song is on. Yeah, that's a great idea. So you play a right. song. Or make faces in the mirror with your brother or sister, and you know who can brush longest without making the other one laugh, Uh, like things like that. Okay, try that that. one. You're funny. You could do it all, uh, all four of you, brush your teeth together. Listen, as you well know, and maybe maybe you forgot, Mm -hmm. but bedtime sometimes is is one of these things. Like, okay, (laughs) get in bed, go to sleep, go to bed. You know, like I'll I'll about to walk out, and Daddy, Mm -hmm. yeah, could you just can you can you move my water bottle from the the the, the thing? Yeah, okay. Daddy, yeah. Could you shut my door? But just crack the. So there's a lot of like, right. It, it, right? It's time to like just shut it down. Yeah. It's nighttime. Yeah. In general, so when we talk about teeth brushing, just a little uh, pediatric side of things. So we start, you know, the first teeth come around six months. So when you start seeing the first teeth, we tell parents to start brushing, make it part of the bath routine. They make these finger brushes. You can use a baby toothbrush. You can just use water. You don't need toothpaste because they can't spit anyway. So you don't you don't use fluoride. Um, and then 
you know, as they get older, you're right. It's that balance of trying to get in there without making it a miserable experience. Okay. And then they start seeing a dentist. Well, this is more dental, but mm -hmm. again, since you have experience with yeah. teeth, I've seen kids, and I don't know what the hell this is, and you've, you've probably seen it in the office too. Some kids, and more often than not, have almost like this yellowish, mm. striated, like, it looks like they dip their teeth in piss, right? Like, mac yeah, mac and cheese teeth. Yeah. Is this just lack of dental care? What is this? Oh, let's see. Yeah, this, this this doesn't even this is yeah, disturbing this is to look at. <laughs> Three, two, one, let's go. Oh, oh, see, so look, it's it's telling me what quadrant to hit. Again, yeah, uh, this is not requiring that. You have twenty teeth, brush them. Cute, cute. Yeah, you know, it's. I can't see your magic toothbrush. Yeah, my magic toothbrush. Cute. Um, What's with kids? Yeah. And I and this is maybe eight, nine, ten-ish with teeth that look. Oh, it's usually like yeah, yellow I mean, or brown. Uh, see, I was I thought you were gonna say baby teeth aren't as pearly white as regular teeth, um, and that's just normal. Um, and also, a lot of it when they see the dentist, they can scrape off a lot of that. And then when they have adult teeth, it's usually whiter. It doesn't it doesn't affect the adult teeth. I gotta disagree. But you it. just feel disagree. like it's just scum? Like just kids have well, scummy teeth? Well, Caruso has had pretty white teeth mm. in comparison to Serafina. I'm just trying to figure out this decay issue uh, with some of these kids next time just this yeah. week when you're in the All office right, we'll take to, a look at the kids call, teeth we're gonna call uh, we're calling the dentist I, I, <laughs> we're calling the dentist we'll ask him why kids look like George Washington <laughs> well and just to just to rewind a little bit you mentioned the lungs and the heart mm -hmm. being a concern mm -hmm. right what about the brain? <laughs> well, it's important. <laughs> yeah, I know. But are there any tests for like tumors in the brain yeah. or anything in the brain, either as a child or as a kid, or sorry, as an adult, or is the brain something like you just get headaches and then you're like, oh yeah, you have something. Like, are yeah, there I mean, any Usually there's other symptoms. Like what, what's, what's because a brain tumor symptom? Headaches. So that's what I'm and, saying. and it's usually in kids, the red flag is early morning headaches. They wake up with a headache and actually then it gets the headache gets better throughout the day because you're more upright. It's when you're laying down. And it's not that my child woke up one time with a morning headache. We're talking about every morning and they're getting worse and worse and worse okay. because it's the pressure in the head. Got it. So usually there's another symptom. And then everything, you know, because you're right, like older people, you think about brain issues being, you know, loss of memory and things like that. And kids, it's more, they're going to have a pain symptom. There could be vomiting because obviously the intracranial pressure. So you vomit more. Um, and we're assessing brain development just with the de development, the questions I'm asking the kids okay. in general, but not for tumors. Okay. Don't go um, to the worst thing. Don't go to the worst thing. I, I well, like I, hum. Kids hum. Hum. So what, what do we give? Like out of a, was it a five scale? Yeah. 
giving get, it. I'm giving it like a like a one. Really, that low? I can, I give it a, the toothbrush. I give a five. <laughs> the toothbrush is the really app, cute. I give a, I give the a app. Zero. I I like it. I give it a. I give it like a four. All right. Yeah. All right. But maybe that's because I live with dentists. The Stranger Thing is important because so the audience knows what we do. You know, Stranger Safety is very abstract prior to like four years of age. And even most four-year-olds can be tricked by any adult. You listen to any words of an adult, you, you're you going to be tricked. We I got asked this the other day about a two-year-old who constantly just runs, you know, pulls away from her mother's hand and then just runs across the street or runs anywhere. There's just no thought about safety or risk. I mean, they could, would jump off the Grand Canyon, even put them back up top, they'd run and do it again. Like mm. they just don't understand. So at four, I start talking about about uh stranger safety and we ask questions like you know we we talked about it um you know we'll ask them what a stranger is and they say um what if the stranger you know lost their puppy what would you do and usually they say you know i'd help them um or you know candy and presents or going to disneyland or something like that um and then we talk about what a stranger is and what the right answers are and then what i try to make it really easy for families to talk about between four and five is is basically if the child's with you it's one thing and if they're not they have to ask you makes it very simple because it wouldn't matter if it's a friend a cousin an uncle if it's not you they have to ask to go with you because once a child listens to the world the words any adult can trick them by five when we go through these same exact questions the kids really get it usually by five well here's something that that came up while you were doing that and then while my friends were here this came up now i'm not one of these parents and i don't know if you know anybody like this that like showers with their son Mm. okay Mm -hmm. yeah and and i wanted to get your take on this i actually never showered with With no i mean when they were you know four or five months maybe lana and i took him in the shower or uh-huh. whatever but it was it was not like caruso's four or three and okay. he's standing there and i'm showering right, and he's right, right. showering got it i th- i think to be honest with you if mm-hmm. anybody's doing that out there <laughs> it's a little suspect okay. but who am i um and i i'm never naked around my kids okay okay but the other day I was changing. Caruso came in, mm-hmm. right? and you know I didn't see him. And you know, Dad, Daddy's peepee, whatever, right? So when my friends were over the other day, whatever. Caruso inadvertently goes, "Oh, Daddy's got a hairy peepee," uh-huh. right? Yeah. <laughs> now my question to you. Now, if if that was the teacher at school right and he said that does the teacher at school go what the hell's going on at the maniscalco house so how do you distinguish kids just saying that casually just because they saw their parents naked or looking for other evil type of I mean is is there signs yeah but usually when you're talking about 
I mean, God forbid abuse, uh, kids react differently. It's not just out like random outbursts like that. They act differently when somebody's taking them to the bathroom or changing, a you know, changing them or doing oh, things okay. like that. They're, they're usually other signs. I think to be honest, though, a lot of parents do bathe or shower with their children. A lot. I, I, I do. A, I, a percent. Did you? I did. Oh, wow. I mean, not recently. My girls are 15 or 13. So no, let's talk about it. So I, I did, my girls used to go in the shower with me uh, or, you know, if it was convenient, it wasn't like a planned thing. It's like every, well, we're in the shower, they need a shower or whatever. They're skipping over. Yeah. Like, like what, 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 I mean, they're a couple what, years old. I mean, we're not talking. Like two, two yeah, years old. Yeah. Okay. Two, three. Oh, well, what are we going to go to four, four now? Four. <laughs> no. So I get asked when, when is the when is it too old? I think it's obviously a personal preference. I think when they do things like point or touch, then it gets to a point where it can become very uncomfortable. And that's, you know, at first there's a learning point. Like when Caruso says, oh, like if, if he's pointing or trying to touch, no Caruso, you know, we only, we don't touch other people's private parts. We only touch our own, even mommy and daddy, you know, things like that. But I think that's what happened. I mean, I think this happened before they got to an age, but if there was like, you know, I'm washing my hair and I feel like poking around up, oh, no, we don't touch daddy, daddy's private parts. And then they were at an age where, all right, we're going to shower by themselves. Because I think the problem is, and I think what you're saying, you want a child to differentiate when is it okay to be around somebody naked and when is it not? Right? Like, how can they differentiate? It's okay that I'm with daddy, with yeah. daddy and mommy, and they're naked showering, but I'm not supposed to be with another adult. And you just have to define that. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, ne I never grew up around nakedness. Yeah. Lana, however, has. Yeah. You know, Lana was you know, running around the, the house naked yeah. or whatever. And Are you allowed to see Lana in the shower? No, I uh, exactly. Been, so in your house, it's you know everybody's kibosh. in separate showers. <laughs> <laughs>So mailbag is when you can write in your questions to us and we will highlight them on air. We're going to jump right into the bag. We get a lot of mailbag questions. These are nice. All right. So this mailbag question comes from Megan. She said, my baby had jaundice when born and was pretty sleepy baby first two weeks after birth. When week three came, my husband and I noticed he was more fussy and cluster feeding, basically less napping and more feeding 24-7. By week three to five, pretty tough at night, basically up every couple hours feeding. Some good nights came when he slept three hours. My question is, how can I get my newborn to start sleeping longer periods of time? Will this eventually come naturally or is there something I can do to help the process? I try to stick to a day and night routine, but sometimes I'm honestly just trying to get through the day and catch up on any sleep possible. Okay. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Completely transparent. Yes. I lost you <laughs> after kids got jaundice and he slept for two weeks. You know what I did after that? I started to think, who can we get in here as a guest? That's, <laughs> that's the problem. That's why I don't know. Any, that's why I don't know anything because you were daydreaming my, my already. Floats. Uh huh. And I thought the question was extremely <laughs> long and. Well, the baby was sleeping. She had time to write. Okay. Yeah. So basically her question is, in the first couple months of life, why is the baby not sleeping? And when will the baby sleep through the night? 
Do you remember when Cruz and Serafina slept through the night? We had a night nurse. Right. And Way to outsource. It, it, was, <laughs> it was well worth it because our kids, and we just talked about this this morning, kids never get out of bed. Right. Never get out of bed. And did you have to sleep train them or they? The night nurse did everything. She trained everything. the whole yeah. thing. It was it was literally like we weren't parents for the first three months. Right. <laughs> so were those oh. without a night nurse or somebody to uh, yeah outsource skirt responsibility? No. So so we should we should get the night nurse's take of what Sebastian was doing when his kids were growing up. Well, <laughs> we had a we had a. Uh, a doula, right? <laughs> Which I was completely against. I was completely against all this stuff. Right. And you don't really like people. So it's it, to have extra people in your house surprises me. The, the <laughs> night nurse was an unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Right. Because the nightmares I hear with people, we know one couple that, and I think you might know this couple, that had a custom made bed built for their mm-hmm. entire family because mm-hmm. they sleep together. Yeah. All, all five of them in one bed. <laughs> right. So yeah, I have thoughts. That's yeah. That's right, to each to their own. So two to four rule. <laughs> do you like the family bed? Some I like this. I, lo- I love this family. No, this family. I don't like the fact that they're sleeping all five to a bed. Everybody has different ways. So, so what, what's the question? So <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to. Here's the bottom line. For for Macon, two and four answers every every question. For the first two to four months of the baby's life, they feed every two to four hours around the clock. And when they take bottles, I just add in, they take usually between two and four ounces. So most babies basically feed or sleep every two to four hours for the first four months. Usually between two to four months of age, those nighttime stretches start to get a little longer. You're lucky to get a four to six hour stretch and then a little cluster. And then at four months, no matter how long the baby's been sleeping, we can usually in a healthy baby that's gaining weight, sleep train them if the parent chooses, which means getting their child to sleep a 10 hour block without feeding or being picked up at four months. So the end is close because you know you said the baby's about three months. The other things you mentioned when the baby was cluster feeding, babies go through growth spurts around two weeks of age and again around six weeks of age. So there's often a little cluster feeding at those points in time. Um, that's exactly what she describes. And then four months, we're going to sleep train. Baby's going to sleep through the night. Listen, uh, once again, thanks for for joining us here on Daddy versus Doctor. Uh, any questions, concerns, comments, daddyversusdoctor.com. You could contact us there. Love to have uh, your questions here on the show. And uh, we're doing live streams now, people. Every once in a while, we'll pop up on a live stream. And if you want to ask some questions, your questions. There, yeah, right there, we'll answer it right there. And uh, we'll have a ball doing it. Uh, stay tuned. We've got some guests coming this summer. Don't know who yet. Uh, we, we had a couple guests um, um, earlier on. We had yeah. a few guests. And, a lot of guests. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing that in person, in house here at Casa Maniscalco. We will see you next week. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. 
Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.